One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI powered all star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at Shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Yes, it is an Arscast. No, your ears are not deceiving you. Yes, it is Thursday. And yes, there will be a regular Arscast as normal tomorrow, Friday. But I thought, hey, why not have a little bit of bonus podcast action this week? Because, well, there's a lot going on. And although Arsenal still have something to play for this season, and that's something that does come up, of course, within this conversation, the Premier League season is over. And at the start of every Premier League season, I sit down with Ken Early from Second Captains and we do a little bit of a season preview and we always try and do a season review kind of thing after it's finished. So that's what we've got today. Myself and Ken will be talking primarily about the Premier League season, how it played out in general, not specifically from an Arsenal point of view, but we'll be talking Manchester City as champions, Liverpool pushing them so close. We will, of course, talk about the rest of the top four and Arsenal. And we also talk about Henrik Mkhitaryan because we were recorded this yesterday, Wednesday, the day after it was announced that Henrik Mkhitaryan would not be travelling with the Arsenal squad to Baku for the Europa League final. As ever, plenty to get through. It's always entertaining with Ken. I hope you enjoy the show. That's as much talking as I'm going to do for this particular episode. There is no end bit, as there is on the regular Arscast, a bit after the music, which many people don't realise, but there is always an end bit, but not on this particular episode, because it's a special bonus episode, and those things are saved for the regular Arscast, which you can get in your podcast feeds tomorrow, as usual. But for now, enjoy this. This is myself and uh, Ken Early. All right, with me now uh, to talk about the season and to talk about uh, all the bits and pieces that have gone on between last August when we first sat here, Ken. It doesn't seem like a whole season uh, of time has gone by, but it has. Yes. It has. Uh, Ken Early from Second Captains, uh, hello again. How are you doing, Andrew? Thanks for having me in. I'm all right. Um, 
I, I want to talk about the Premier League season and about all the various bits and pieces that have gone on because it has been, I think, a, an interesting season on a number of levels, if not necessarily a particularly exciting one, despite the fact we had a bona fide right. title race. Um, but I want to just start by asking you, uh, because it's current at the moment and uh, we're talking on Wednesday, it's the day after Arsenal have announced that Henrik Mkhitaryan won't be travelling to Baku to play in the European or the Europa League final. Just your thoughts on that situation and, and his exclusion from the Arsenal squad, um, basically because of his his ethnicity, his nationality. Obviously, mm. the decision was down to him, but having spoken to a number of, of Arsenal fans who are of Armenian descent, um, they very much understand why he would not want to go there, uh, mm. despite the the various reassurances that that were supposedly given to him and to Arsenal and to UEFA. Well, it's a difficult situation because I remember when I first kind of saw the story, I was like, "Well, he's banned from going. That's, that's crazy. You know, that, how can how can they put up with this?" But of course, he's not actually banned. It's just that he doesn't believe their assurances that everything will be fine. Yeah. Um. So UEFA's response to it has been to very much point, uh, to load the responsibility onto Arsenal and Mkhitaryan rather than uh, concede that they gave the final to a place which was, uh, well, which, which was had limitations in terms of you better hope no Armenians are involved in this. You know yeah. what I mean? They took a they took a gamble. They took a risk. Like it's a small chance that an Armenian could be involved, and we maybe yeah. we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. And now that they've come to the bridge, they've just basically blown it up and left Mkhitaryan on the other side. Yeah, I mean, and the, you know, because it is ultimately his call. Um, they, you know, they can they can probably get away with that. But I do wonder what happens. I mean. Like it's 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 obviously a completely unfair situation. It's unfair on him. It's unfair on Arsenal. He's one of their like. Well, he's been good for them in the Europa League anyway. Mm. He scored he scored one of the goals in the final a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, would he have been playing probably? Um, and if they lose, if they lose, are they are they? You know what what's going to happen then? Uh, is it not a case that they can they can say, well, look, this is this is a joke. We've lost this game. We've we were deprived of one of our best players um, by factors sort of beyond our control. Mm. You know, I mean, what are you going to do about that? Like, it's a. I mean, there's also the question of what of, of Arsenal's own response. Should they play a game when one of their players doesn't feel as though they're safe to do it? You know, it's it's kind of there has been there was. I mean, we were talking about the other day on our part about the. Chelsea game against Hapoel Tel Aviv in, in 2001 yeah. um, which was soon after the September 11th attacks Chelsea were drawn in the UEFA Cup away to Hapoel Tel Aviv uh, well obviously they, they had a two-legged tie they ended up losing the tie but in the away game six of the Chelsea players decided they, they didn't feel safe enough to travel um, there was like Good Johnson Petit Ferrer uh I can't remember the which right. the, the six of their Lisso was one of them. Um, six of the sort of top Chelsea players were like we we just don't feel Chelsea went and played the game, lost the game, lost, mm. ultimately lost the tie. Um, there weren't any repercussions for UEFA. That's a slightly different situation though, in, in terms of you know you can't you know Chelsea got drawn against Hapoel Tel Aviv. This was kind of it, it wasn't as though uh, every team. 
What I mean to say is UEFA decided to give the final to a place where it was going to be a problem if a certain thing happened in yeah. a certain set of circumstances. Yeah, It's clearly something they didn't take into account. So they should have taken that into account. I think Koscielny was saying this on, was he on BBC saying like, you know, you can't give the final to places um, if everybody can't go there. Yeah. And so this is clearly a mistake that they've made. But now it seems to me as though they'll probably kind of get away with it. I don't know. I mean, with, with Arsenal, it's obviously a big dilemma because on the one hand, you want to show solidarity with your player and, you know, preserve the whole ethos of the team and all that. Yeah. I mean, this is not very U.S. Marine Corps of Arsenal to sort of say, well, you know, this is unfortunate, but let's go play the game. One, one man left behind. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's that's kind of a little, that's, it's not a great situation for Arsenal to, to be in. Like, in, I mean, obviously it's a terrible situation for Arsenal, but it's not a good thing for them to have done either. Yeah, but if they, had, if they had said, look, we, we're not doing this, what would have happened then? I mean, do they just award the cup to Chelsea? I would do, say so, yeah. Yeah, and then Arsenal don't get to play in the Champions League. But yeah. then, but then, you know, is, is, that, is that where that ends? I don't think it, it would end as neatly as that. I mean, Arsenal would, would clearly then have a case against UEFA. You know, they could sue UEFA. It's like, this is a joke. You know, how, how do you expect us to play under these circumstances? Yeah. And then it would be down to the argument of whether or not... Um, you know, because you ever say, well, look, it's this guy's choice. We've got all the assurances from all the top brass in Azerbaijan. You know, they've mm. all said, hey, you know, was the, the ambassador of Azerbaijan to the UK was like, hey, you know, you're here as an athlete. We're not here to play political games. You know what I mean? And, and gave this kind of. <laughs> yeah, but did you see what he said? He said, you know, he'll be fine as long as he plays, doesn't play the issue as, as well. As he, he doesn't rub his Armenianness in our, in our faces. You know, he'll be fine. So, yeah, it is. A, it's a crazy situation, isn't it, for for uh, for UEFA to have come up with. And, uh, of course, there are fans as well, leaving aside the the general genuine difficulties fans of Arsenal and Chelsea are having uh, of even getting to Baku. Yeah. You know, this is a 70,000-seater stadium, two of the most uh, well-supported clubs in Europe who've been handed 6,000 tickets each and mm -hmm. who can't sell their allocations because fans simply can't get there. On top of that, there are certain fans who are being excluded from traveling to Azerbaijan because of their Armenian heritage. Mm. So, and, yeah. you know, how how can UEFA stand over that decision? Because they'll say, well, this is about spreading football to all the places that football isn't. Mm. And that doesn't make any sense either because, you know, clearly football is in Azerbaijan. This is not a new phenomenon that like all the, yeah. you know, all the people from the street are going to come along and say, what is this majestic thing that these people are doing? We must do that now. You know, yeah, everyone yeah. plays football anyway. The, the idea that you're spreading the, the the game of football around the world makes no sense. Well, there is a, ca there is a case for it in the sense of like, you know, all of these UEFA member nations, you know, it would be nice if lots of them are countries. I mean, like Ireland, you know, we had a Europa League final in mm. 2011. We're, we're not going to have, we're not, we're, you know, it's unlikely we're going to have an Irish team playing at that level. How else do we, do the, the football people of Ireland get to see top class European football other than, you know, being mm. thrown the odd bone in the form of a final? Turn like your TV on. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, no, I, I, know, I, know. I think there there is a there is a certain case for it, but it, but then that has to be counterbalanced. I mean, this is this is now, although UEFA are, are pointing and shifting the responsibility onto Arsenal, it's still massively embarrassing for them. The final is going to be a shambles. There's going to be loads of empty seats. I mean, maybe they'll be able to to pack it out. There was, well, I mean, actually, it was at the Europa League final in Dublin. There was loads of empty seats. Braga against Porto. 
didn't, yeah. didn't really it's not <laughs> didn't really the summer fixture and it was so cold that's it's like the coldest May evening I think has ever been in this country <laughs> somehow but uh, yeah I mean uh, surely UEFA must look at this and go well you know <laughs> just to avoid the embarrassment and the shambles that we've brought upon ourselves surely we, we need to change our approach to these things it's something that needs to be considered maybe maybe it needs to happen first in order for them to make sure it doesn't happen again you know what I mean yeah I mean I, I, I don't know it's, it's a real it's a real dilemma like I mean I would have liked to see what would happen if Arsenal said we're not accepting this yeah, I kind of would too. There's mm. a part of me that would have liked to have seen it. I mean, obviously, I want us to go there and win the trophy and and uh, get into the Champions get League. Into the Champions League. Too there's, there's, there's too much at stake not to play the game, but as a matter of principle, you know, if one of your players is being excluded for reasons that are basically wrong and yeah. unfair on on every level, however you however way you want to look at it, mm. you know, there is that case. I would have been curious to see, but, you know, I, I looked at the UEFA regulations and there's a fine and you forfeit some of your prize money and then uh, you you are subject to any further disciplinary um, uh, measures that the UEFA committee decides. I'd love to see UEFA, I'd love to see UEFA, you know, meeting out the disciplinary measures to Arsenal for this. You know what I mean? It would be like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? What are you actually going to do to us now? Are you gonna, you're going to punish us because we refuse to go along with this nonsensical situation. Mm. I mean, that, like, that would... It would uh, be fun to see, you know. I, yeah. It's just... You know. Some allies at last from Manchester City supporters uh, <laughs> in the... Uh, <laughs> an Arsenal-Man City anti-UEFA alliance. Yeah. But I think a lot of people would, would be looking at that saying, this is... This is clearly a complete joke, you know. Do, do you think it would be a different situation, or or something people took a bit more seriously if it wasn't Henrik Mkhitaryan, who's like the best player in Armenia, but not necessarily what you would consider a massive world star? Like, if this kind of situation were applicable to a more important player for Arsenal, for example, an Aubameyang or a Lacazette, obviously by extension, it would include a couple of others in the squad as well because of that. But, but. It feels like it's sort of well, you know, Mkhitaryan, and I'm I'm not his biggest fan by any means. I think mm. he's a bit lightweight, and he's, you know, on his good day he's quite good, but more often than not he's pretty pretty average. Mm. Uh, and I've seen plenty of Arsenal fans say, "Yeah, fuck, it doesn't matter. It's only Mikatarian." Yeah, but, but you it's know, not, it's, it's, it's not, not about Mikatarian. It's, 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 it's the integrity of the team. That's really what well, it is. the integrity of the sport and and yeah. how these decisions are are made. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if it was, you know, if, it, if, you, if, you, if you're kind of saying if it was messy, they couldn't go to the game, then, you know, I mean, I think it's it has been it has been a pretty big story, but it's it is the case. It, it is difficult to know what to do. Like if if ultimately Arsenal aren't prepared to sort of stand along with him, like it's a huge it would be a huge sacrifice for them to make. Mm. You know, they're they're. They're missing the chance of of qualifying for the Champions League, which is like crucial for them at this point. In, if if they want to make any progress, yeah, over, over the summer, um, they're missing that chance and risking further sanction. But they would be defending the integrity of their team in the sense that they'd be saying, "Well, you know, we all, all of us go or none of us go." Yeah, and I mean. It's a, I don't know, like it's a difficult, it, because Arsenal haven't been prepared to take that step, we don't get to see how that, how that would play out. Arsenal kind of have, have ultimately accepted or gone along with this situation. You know, they've, they've said, okay, you know, we'll, you know, we're not happy about this, but we will. Do it for Mickey. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, 
maybe if we look at it that, like that, you know, it yeah. will be his name will be on the cup. His name will be on their lips as they lift the cup. Absolutely. I just hope they don't lose the game because then they're going to feel really bad. Well, of course. I if mean, what, they, what standing on the pitch in Baku in a half-empty stadium, watching Chelsea cavorting with the Europa League, knowing that it was all for nothing, and then you know, yeah, I don't know. No, it's it, yeah. There are certain things about that game next week that that do fill me with a, a measure of dread. Obviously, losing is one of them. Mm. Um, Olivier Giroud scoring the winner is oh, another God. one, but, but that's a different uh, that's a different thing. We'll see. Um, but look, maybe it will force UEFA to have a rethink about how they come to these decisions. The question is, you know, we all look at UEFA and we look at U- European football, we look at world football, we look at some of the decisions that have been made over the last number of years and I think we're all a little bit cynical about why those decisions were made in the first place yeah. that you don't you don't have to be slapped in the face with a situation like this one to know that it's probably the wrong decision to hold the final in a in a in a city which a can't cope with all the people coming because the the transport links the infrastructure is not there to bring all the people who who want to go to the game and then you have this political situation which you know people say sport and politics shouldn't mix but they do they have to it's real well, life politics has, has infiltrated everything yeah. there's no separation between anything and politics i mean not that there ever really was but like it's really explicit now you know, there's no way. There's no way to escape those links. You know, you yeah. can't. Pres- you can't ignore that stuff no. anymore. No. All right, we'll see what happens there. Um, let's talk Premier League and Manchester City are, are the champions, um, pushed very close by Liverpool. And I think when you step back and look at the way the season has played out and you look at what Manchester City have done and you look at how Manchester City have done what they've done which I'm sure we'll we'll touch on um, don't think too many Man City fans listen to this podcast so we're alright um, you know what Liverpool did to push them that close was really very impressive mm. City should be down on their knees thanking Liverpool for doing that because over the last week or so uh, since basically since City won the league there's just been this series of bad PR things happening for Man City I mean they won the league that was great next day New York Times um, was it the next day or the, the following day the day after that but like New York Times is like oh UEFA um, investigatory, investigatory chamber set to recommend one year Champions League ban for Man yeah. City um, they put out, you know, a, a kind of an aggressive statement then saying, well, oh, this is a disgrace and we believed in the integrity of this process and now, you know, it's, someone's been blabbing and, you know, it's we're, we're very disappointed but not surprised by this. You know, this, this, <laughs> this kind of tone, you know. Yeah. And, and then you had all of these um, people, Man City supporters, uh, hopping on board with this and, and saying, this is, you know, the New York Times actually owns... Liverpool and these salty Liverpool journalists, uh, Tarek Panja and Rory Smith, are doing are, have, have, are the attack dogs who've been told you know the, the New York Times, uh, embittered by the loss of their the team they own Liverpool FC, uh, has now ordered to release the hounds and now we've got this smear job against City like this is this people are saying this. the snarling Rory Smith. Yeah, yeah, the Mad Dog, Mad Dog Smith, um, part owner of Liverpool <laughs> FC. The, the, so it is true that the New York Times did own a slice of uh, FSG, the or the ownership group, whatever they were called. Maybe it was NESV back then. Um, 
uh, but sell these in 2012. And I saw Rory Smith trying to point this out to people who were attacking him. He's like, look at, look at, you know, they're all showing this 2011 link, yeah. this 20, link to a 2011 story. He's like, look at the 2012 story. That's that happened since, you know, we no longer own them. That's completely insane. I can't believe that so many people uh, yeah. believe this, have embraced this as a, as a solution. Uh, the, then there was the um, anti-Liverpool song on the plane. City put out another statement about, well, they, they emailed this one to reporters. But there's also like, you know, be advised we're taking legal counsel, you know, if anyone wants to li- link these things. You know, and that, again, that's sort of hostile, like, it's like, you know, shut up or we'll sue kind of thing. Yeah. Even though, even though everybody could see what the song was, everybody knows what this means. You know, always the victims. We know what that, we always the victims. It's like, a, we're talking about a, a pattern here. Mm. Victim, victims of it all. That's the, that's the, um, the phrase. And, you know, it's right. like, we all know what, what this is referring to. Uh, battered and, you know, look, there's no need to, to go through all this. Everybody knows this. But that was another uh, bad PR thing. It made the team look bad. The club's response, I, I think, made it made it worse. Yeah. Then you had Pep coming out and, and talking, starting to complain and, and moan about City not getting enough credit from the media. The media, by the way, who, who have just been... Absolutely, getting milled by by city's supporters and PR department over the last couple of days. Uh, they're not getting enough credit from me, and, and actually going to the extent of of complaining that the Daily Mail website had Pogba at the top rather than City winning the league. Pep used his press conference to say this, right? He's like, he's like, oh, they, you know. I looked at Daily Mail and Paul Pogba is a top story having a discussion with fans at all you know it was the scene with Pogba being oh, ranted when he was being ber- mad United fan berated from the stand yeah. this madman is screaming at him about yeah. oh you Instagram oh, you this mad like purple face yeah, yeah, yeah. spittle fleck Brexit to raid and Pogba's kind of and this was the top story and Pep was like you know it's unbelievable and he'd been complaining for the last few weeks about this oh the, the media want Liverpool to win and I, you know we feel this and so on you know which, which when you when you then saw the fan, the Man City fan in the press box at Wembley, when there was a video, yeah. and that was put out by Rob Harris, I think, where the guy is screaming, uh, you know, you all, we've we're about to win the domestic fucking trouble. No one's ever done it before, and you all have Mo Salah on the fucking back pages. That's exactly the same point. He's just he's parroting Pep. That that was Pep's point. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay, so this what I'm saying is this was this had been a kind of a bad week. Like it's it's supposed to be a great week, and instead it was a really angry week. You know, you're yeah. all you're all against us. But the, the point that I was making in the beginning was they should get down on their knees and thank Liverpool for making this season look like a competition. Yeah, because imagine if they'd won the league by twenty points again. Imagine if Liverpool had done what all the other teams did, the, the other big teams, and got like seventy five points. Yeah, you know, City would have won the league in February March. This is all anyone would have been talking about for three months now. We would be in month three of Manchester City have driven a stake through the heart of English football. You know, English football, 1865 to 2019. It just would have been this. That there would have been nothing else to talk about. Instead, it was like, oh, you know, who who will slip up? Will City can hold their nerve? Can Liverpool sustain the pressure? Blah, blah, blah. You know, we're actually talking about football here, and it's only sort of in the last week. Remember, it's, it's, it's not because now that City have won the league and Liverpool have lost that all of the, the Liverpool controlled media comes out and <laughs> now is like oh you know you're ruining the game yeah um, that's not actually what's happened the, the, the sort of negative coverage over the last 
uh, week has been kind of in response to the finality, the fact that it's over, the f- the, fina- the, f- the fact that it's over, the fact that there, there isn't the football to sort of actually talk about anymore, but also the stuff about the, the like the, remember why are UEFA seeking to ban them from the Champions League, or the, why if the investigatory chamber decided okay we should we 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 will seek a winner ban because they do you know they think they've broken the rules. City are like we haven't broken the rules. You know, Tom Brady style. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how it plays out. But there there is the allegation of wrongdoing, mm. which is significant. Like it's important. You know, they've they've been able to other if other teams have been playing according to these regulations, and City have been skirting around them and boosting themselves up. Like well, there are people. Are, people are not going to like that. I mean, it, it's entirely reasonable for everybody else to be like, "Hang on a second, what's going on here?" Yeah, I mean, is it, you know, they have an advantage anyway in the sense that they are very financially uh, well off. They've got a, a brilliant coach. I mean, there's no question in Guardiola's uh, credentials and abilities as a coach. But having had those advantages and and having this money and then cheating on top of that, uh, it, it's little wonder people that are going to be annoyed. Looking, yeah, but uh, you know, also. When you think about, I kept hearing this thing in the last week or so, or the last, or after they won the title, about how Manchester City have won 198 points in the last two seasons. Mm. That's fucking ludicrous. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And, so and, and it should be, you know, uh, objectively, it should be a thing that people go, wow, yeah. that's fucking amazing. I mean, doff my cap and you're you're not nobody is everyone's like well this is well, it's yeah. unnatural it's like a nine second hundred meters yes you know I mean? that's like, exactly what, what's it. Going yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. so so you know that, that's why i'm saying they they should they they owe liverpool one because mm. it, if if this season had been like last season you know last season there was this like the the only excitement of like the second half of the season I mean, if you, if you leave aside, you know, relegation or who will get in the Champions League between Chelsea and Liverpool, yeah, it was, can City become Centurions? You know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. No, one, no one gives a fuck about that. Like, no one, you know, it wasn't, that's not something that anyone really was that excited about. I mean, it was a, it's a fine achievement, you know, setting records, it proved their, their standing as, you know, a historically great team. So... I don't mean to downplay it, but it's not. It's not a competition. It's not a contest. Yeah. Uh, and if this season had just been more of the same, can you imagine how much worse this would be? Manchester City fans who are complaining about, oh, this is bitter, and everyone's complaining now about the money because you know you lost. You know, suck it up. Just you know, <laughs> thank the Lord that it was one point. Yeah. If it had been twenty again, it, like this would be far, far worse than it than it is now. Yeah. I mean, it's quite funny because a lot of people. Um, you know, tribalism and and fan rivalry exists, and there's probably a lot more rivalry between the fans of most clubs in Liverpool than there is with those clubs in Manchester City. Because you know, for years, Manchester City were sort of like they're they're the good side of Manchester because everybody hated yeah. Manchester United. So there was this sort of soft spot in a way for Man City, which now has become a, a, a blank spot or a blind spot because if they win the title, everyone goes, well, yeah, what can I, we I don't, do? I don't, yeah, what can we do? But also, I don't give a fuck because it feels artificial to me. Whereas I know a lot of people were saying, well, if Liverpool win it, that's worse because I've got loads of Liverpool supporting mates. Mm. They're going to rub it in. There's going to be all that. You know, I was, you know, very much of the opinion that I wanted Liverpool to win it simply because when you look at what's happening, to give any of the rest of us any kind of hope mm. 
seeing Liverpool win the title uh, in what you know that it could be done that it could be done um, Mm. and that it's not impossible and that we're not going to have five years or six years or eight years of Manchester City steamrolling everybody it didn't happen no it didn't didn't happen and and that was with Liverpool getting a few there were a few kind of how did that just happen moments you know a a few last minute goals and you know it was like you know how can they repeat that well, that's I have one of the questions I have here for you is like, can Liverpool do any better than they've done this season? I don't think they can. No, they can't. I don't think they can do better. So how does how does the Premier League become competitive again? Well, is it is the onus on the likes of Arsenal and United and Chelsea and Tottenham to be better? And to take points off Manchester City. Is that literally the only way it can happen? Everybody has, has to do that, you know, um, because I, I, I am, it is kind of incredible when you look at it how, you know, it's just what a high percentage of the game. Did they win 33 out of 38? Like City. They won 33 out of 38. Was that, is, that, is that correct or is it 32? I'll check. No, it, is, it must have been 32. 32 wins and one draw equals, no, 32 wins, two draws. And four defeats. That's it for ninety-eight points. Um, yeah. So I mean, thirty-two out of thirty-eight wins. Like that's just. Oh my God! How do you? Well, you know, Liverpool thirty, and then the rest of the top six: Chelsea were twenty-one, Spurs twenty-three, Arsenal twenty-one, Manchester United nineteen. Yeah. Now, what what strikes me about City is like if you if you compare the seasons that they had the the, the City and Liverpool, the Liverpool games were a lot more exciting. There was a lot more drama in these matches because it seems to me as though they don't have the same effect on the opposition that City have in terms of it's almost like a chloroform type of, you know, sleep now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just sleep. It will be easier for, for you and you know for us if you just sleep. You know, the City will score a goal and then it's like there's a, there's a total... Well, well, that's that. We're done. Let's we, turn off. Because yeah. we can't get the ball off these guys. You yeah. know, it's like... It's like there's a, there's something really demoralising about being a goal down to Manchester City, <clears throat> which Liverpool don't do not have this effect on the opposition. Yeah. They they, a, they kind of leave the opposition feeling we still got a chance here. You know, it's more like a normal game against the you know a strong team, a strong team yeah. that's, that's probably better than you. But it's still kind of a, it's more like a normal or conventional game where you still got a chance and maybe if you keep it tight, maybe you can get a, a late equaliser. Whereas with City, it's kind of like, we're done. Like, we've got to start thinking about the next game now. And I, I kind of get this impression with so many of their matches that it was over after 20 minutes, which is which is a, has to do, I think, with the style of play, like, which is very much about monopolizing the ball like not giving the opposing team a sniff like they don't have any oxygen like they just slowly they just sort of pass out like a footballing python in some ways they just curl themselves around you and and squeeze and then it's like and you you, you just this sort of you're you're complicit in your own demise in the extent it's like we don't even really keep trying anymore you know it's Mm. that's we we don't have a chance there's no point they they that, like there is a mastery in that like that sort of it, it obviously the team that you're kind of reminded of a bit is Spain you know one of the, the best examples of this type of game I've ever seen was uh, when Spain beat Russia 3-0 in the I think it was 3-0 in this Euro 2008 semis mm. and remember this is at a time when this type of football was quite new like Spain uh, Spain kind of became even more extreme like in, in 2010 in the way they, they played but but like 
team that monopolizes the ball that you I remember Russia had been had been this great energetic team. I mean, super, you know, hyper energetic. Um, and Arshavin. Arshavin was just, <laughs> was lightning, you know. Arshavin was amazing. And they'd ripped Holland to pieces. Holland had, had like, had an amazing group stage, smashed France and Italy, then got overrun by Russia. Mm. And it was all, oh, you know, Russia against Spain. This is quite interesting now. Spain had beaten Russia 4-1 in the first, in the group. But it was like, oh, Russia, they've got Arshavin now. They're, they're much better. And it was like... There was no like the, it was like a, the match did not take place. It was just like Spain have the ball, just passing it around to each other, and eventually were, you just see the Russian heads going down. Like we can't like what are, how we don't even how really do understand what we're up against <laughs> yeah. here. Like this is something we've never encountered before, and the the demoralization, like the mastery that Spain had, that was like a new thing to see for me anyway at that time. Barcelona, that's that's the same summer that Guardiola started at Barcelona, and obviously they then made this type of thing famous you know like you can't get the ball off us like what are you going to do now Mm. and I get the impression you know eventually teams started to figure out things that they could do Premier League teams need to start figuring that out like it's City are not an unbeatable team I mean Tottenham showed this Newcastle obviously beat them there are random games Palace you know that yeah um the, the Palace game had like a miracle goal in it you know it, it, maybe it does take something like that but it also you, you have to kind of keep uh, keep competing and a lot it seemed to me a lot of the teams in the Premier League were intimidated by City to the level where they were like yeah. alright you know we weren't expected to get any points out of this game so we're not okay. going to so let's go isn't it somewhat ironic that a potential Champions League ban could only serve to make Manchester City more dominant domestically <laughs> What is it? 114 points they can get. Yeah. That would be uh, just a, a 38 game. I don't know what they what they'd come up with after like centurions and formidables. Yeah, for like just uh, whatever 100, 100 and, maybe they get 111 points. They can be the fucking Bilbo Baggins champions. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it's like, I mean that that that, that could happen. Uh, I mean that that is what would happen if they unless you know they if if. If it was to be the case that Pep would be like, I'm out. I mean, I think the, the situation with Pep is interesting because you saw what happened after the FA Cup final. What did you make of that? Because I thought it was um, like if someone sits there and accuses you, not accuses you, but asks you if you've taken illicit payments. If you haven't taken illicit payments, then I think you've got every right to be uh, unhappy about that. Um but I, I feel sometimes with Pep that there is a measure of, I won't say theatrics, because it's not really flamboyant enough to be theatrics, but a sort of a manufactured persona in that I'm, I'm sure they've had conversations behind the scenes at Manchester City about how to react if you're asked about the financial situation of the club or any f- uh, potential benefit to you even the even the the Raheem Sterling thing after the final mm. and he's there and he's like super intense and he's at yeah. Sterling it's like you know hang on a second you can't on the one hand complain to this journalist that he's asked you a difficult question after you've completed a treble yeah. when you straight after completing a treble you're not fucking happy you're laying into fucking one of your players because he just made sure that the ball went over the line you know yeah. it's is that what it was do do have, have they mentioned that because I, I was wondering if that was what he was. I, I just I just looked it up um, uh, and basically hang on this is from two days ago it's from a website I don't really uh, know but uh, apparently Sterling said 
He just said I shouldn't have uh, have tried to steal that first goal. Okay, yeah, well, stealing a goal. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sterling also said after the game that you know he's just finding us the whole time. He just he brought in fines. You know, we're being fined for all the little mistakes we make. Like, <laughs> but we're being fined for on pitch mistakes. No, no, fined for uh, stuff to do with you know the training. Like it, it was just it just struck me as funny that Sterling after in his on field like BT Sport interview. Um, when asked, you know, what is the secret of, you know, Pep's incredible success yeah. was like, well, you know, fines was one of the first things that came <laughs> to his mind. Like, he's really ramped up the findings, the, the findings uh, this season, you know. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was kind of, but like, okay, the, the question was put to him and his response was angry. Now, I thought his response was perfectly consistent with somebody who was totally innocent of the the mm. um, what what's being implied by the question? It's perfectly consistent with that. It's also consistent with somebody who, you know, <laughs> who had done what the question was asking him. The reason the question is is legitimate, I think, is that Rob Harris is saying Rob Harris, who was the journalist who asked it, was saying, "I've asked this to City, they don't they won't answer me." Where, like where else? You might say this isn't the time and place, but where exactly is? There is no way. I mean, you don't get to ask that question in a sit-down one-on-one with Pep Guardiola. You don't get to ask that question because it's off the table before you start. Or if you do ask it, mm. then you're out. Interview's mm. over, and they'll probably, you know, take the film out of your camera, metaphorically speaking. As to the question of, of whether such a such a, uh, a question should even be put to Guardiola if it's insulting to do that. Well, the thing is that... The basis of the question is, this happened with your predecessor, with one of your predecessors, your predecessor, yeah. one Roberto Mancini. Do you, it, it has something similar happened with you? Do you have a similar arrangement with the club? Hmm? Like the, the you, you, it could be a case of, oh, how dare he say that, how dare he say this? You know, there's no, nothing to link Guardiola with this. Apart from the fact that he works for City and this, this is, you is know, their apparently happened, happened before. Therefore, it's for that reason, it's a legitimate question. Guardiola didn't deny it. And he continues he did, not to deny it. Well, look, yeah. you know, I mean, it, 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 Guardiola, I mean, I'm not sure how much he was thinking about the question because you can see the anger was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a number of reasons why he could have been angry with it. But, you know, if, if even if he had time to think about it, could he definitely deny that? I mean, if you, he's been working for City for how long? You know, has he been, he's been flying over to Abu Dhabi. Has everything that he's done been exactly related to his job as Man City coach? You know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like lots of, there's, there's lots of things. Maybe he denies it. He thinks it's not true. And then it turns out, oh, he did this thing. And you know, you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he turned up at some shopping center opening or whatever. And like, got a check. you know, what? I'm, I'm, I'm speaking completely hypothetically here. Yeah. He, he may not have been in a position even to give a, a definite denial. Even you know, he may not even have known exactly. I mean, Guardiola's got so much money. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, how much time do you think he spends managing his money? Like, he must have like a hundred million euros at this stage. I guess. I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, he was obviously rich from playing football. Then he was managing Barcelona. Big pay, big bonuses. Managed Bayern was at like 15 million euros a year. Mm. City, it's like closer to 20 million euros a year. I mean, the guy, like. Plus bonuses. Yeah, so where, you know, how much time? If you had 100 million, like, would you, how much time would you spend managing well, your portfolio? Well, he clearly doesn't spend any time managing his money because he's sitting upstairs watching videos and drawing little diagrams of, you know, how mm. his right wing back can expose Brighton's inside right yeah. forward, you know. Yes, it is a weird thing. I mean, he said, didn't he, you know, after the 
after that when he was asked about the finances you know the owners tell me everything is uh, he, did the punches, he was punches yeah, pilot I believed them yeah. I believed them yeah, like, the, the only thing is I accept their assurances pretty much nobody else in the world of football believes them when they say it's it's oh. all above board well you know it's just that these these um, these football leaks emails and so on which they you know it's a clear and organised attempt to damage the reputation of the club was that their boilerplate that they kept yeah. putting out you know, but again, they weren't saying th- these documents are made up. No, you, you know what I mean. They were saying, "Oh, these are hack documents." You know, which so so there was a difference between what they'd been saying in public and what these documents seem to suggest were going on. So sure. it, it, when when those sorts of things happen, that's what undermines the credibility. You know, that's why Pep ends up getting asked asked a question like that. Yeah, you know, you can say, "Oh, it's, this is appalling. How dare the journalist spoil such a great moment by this?" But like, that's the you know, th- this is th- this is the cost of of doing business in in the way these leaks suggest it's been done. Mm. 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a gold t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened below City and Liverpool. And it was a weird end to the season, certainly from an Arsenal point of view. It was a really bad end to the season because uh, top four should have been secured. Um, and there seemed to be uh, across the the four teams uh, who were there for the two places uh, to finish in the top four, a reluctance to take the bull by the horns, if you like. I mean, have, you, have you any theories as to why 
at a time of the season when points were so important, I know there was a certain amount of European involvement for, for, for Arsenal, for Chelsea, also Tottenham as well. I mean, was that a big factor? Um, in them taking their eye off the ball a bit domestically? Well, all of the teams got tired um, and none of them were really that, that good. So the edge they had over the kind of teams they were playing was was kind of down to zero. Mm. And the results had become random in those games. You know, games, you, usually, you expect Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United uh, to some extent to, to be able to beat mid-table teams. But <clears throat> tired, injured uh, squads like why should they they have no divine right to win these matches you know what I mean no no so Tottenham obviously were, were falling apart and knowing that they were going to the Champions League final or had a great chance of getting there obviously became their priority you know I mean I can't not um, I think a similar thing happened last season with Liverpool when they when they uh, you know got past City and it looked as though they could get to the final suddenly they their performances in the league started going a little off the boil um, although they did make it in the end. I mean, in the case of Manchester United, I mean, that's just... There, obviously, it's a sort of a special case. With Arsenal, I guess the Ramsey inju- injury was important. Mm. Um, did he get injured against Napoli? Yeah, away away to Napoli in the second leg, so... You know, like, I mean, I, th- I think he was bad bad time to lose him. Yeah. Um, th- you know, the, I don't know what was happening with Mustafi... <laughs> you can't explain it. Like you can't. There's no. There's no explanation. You just had a, a pretty bad few weeks there. Yeah. I mean, like what can you say about that? Like nobody saw that coming. Like Arsenal were the team that looked most likely to finish third at one point. Yeah. And then just. Yeah. I mean, this is, if it could be explained, like there's no. There is no explanation. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. There, I mean, there well, were what, some, what, what do you? What's your theory? My theory is that we. Fucked up the Crystal Palace game mm. by picking a weak team, and then it was going all right. It was one-one, and then Mustafi did that crazy thing where he just stopped and let Zaha in, and then they scored again, um, mm. and that was three-one. And then, in order to make up for that, he had to go to Wolves and play a way that I don't think he wanted to play against Wolves but he mm. needed three points and we lost that game and then the Leicester game so I think it was a, a slight kick on from that I mean look it's been a, a long season but being where we were with five or six games to play against some of the teams that you on paper would say Arsenal should do better against I think it was four points from 18 you know in yeah. the end um, uh, and maybe seven points from 21 in the end you know with the, the win over Burnley on the final day which was irrelevant but you know, I think that was that was a really disheartening part of the season, actually, because you know Emery's been up and down, and there've been some really good things about the season, some dodgy things about the season. Defensively, obviously, not great. Yeah. Uh, over the course of the season, the two strikers have become very, very important, and we were, we're leaning on them a great deal. But uh, it sort of colours my view of of what he's done this season. As much as I try and step back and look at it objectively, when when you talk about expectations at the start of the season, that's fine. But when you're five or six games from the end and you're in a great position and you fuck it up, basically, yeah. you know, it, it has to have an impact. But clearly he can make he can make uh, 
a real genuine success of of his first season at Arsenal by, by, winning, the by winning the Europa League. It's yeah. a, you know, it's his special to, power. His special power. That's what it is. It was interesting actually. The 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 managing director and the the head of football, Raul Sanyehi, um did an interview on the official website this week, and they the uh, Sanyehi actually spoke about how that was a factor in their recruitment of Emery the fact that he wins the Europa League yeah he's the Europa League he says uh, he wins finals he wins the Europa League let's hope he can do it again and he said that was part of our thinking when yeah when they hired him yeah well you know I mean ideally you want to that to translate into the Champions League to be honest I don't see any reason why it shouldn't you know he's just he just happens to be managing teams that were mainly in the uh, Europa League you know it's not as though it doesn't work in the other the more important European competition well I, I, I would like to hear Sanye though talk a bit more about how certain other things have happened in Arsenal since he's been there which I would have imagined his role was to make sure it didn't happen such as? Well, monumental fuck ups like letting Aaron Ramsey leave on a free transfer and signing Mesut Ozil up to a contract which is now Almost a Sanchez level disaster. Uh, that was that was basically before him. The Ozil contract was before him. And oh, I that thought, was. I thought yeah. that was January January twenty. Yeah, he just came in the. He came at the end of January, the end of February. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was sort of. Everyone knew he was coming, but basically that was a, a Wenger slash Gazidis. I thought Wenger was against it. He was against the level of salary. Hmm. He wasn't necessarily against the extension, but he was definitely against the level of salary. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a situation that I think they're going to de- deal with. Like, do you think they're going to just have to pay him off? I think that's what's going to happen yeah. because they they again in this interview they they talked about the wage bill and how they need to use the wage bill more efficiently 350,000 a week off the wage bill on top of losing checks wages um Ramsey's wages Welbeck's wages and when they move on you know Mustafi for example and Jenkinson a couple of people like that yeah. you know it's a big big saving off the wage bill i mean it has been since he signed that contract uh, pretty much a disaster yeah. you know he's he's had these incredible moments you know the, he's invented this choppy goal finish oh, yeah. which is amazing yeah. but he's only made four assists since, since he signed that new, since he signed that new contract and you know things haven't always been great behind the scenes and, and there's been if we talk about Manchester City having a PR machine Mesut Ozil's got one as well in the last few weeks his agent has been very clear you know he wants to stay he loves the club blah 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 so to me it feels like they're trying to get out ahead of that but mm. you know I, he feels like like uh, a player Arsenal need to move on from now from my point of view anyway because he represents something that isn't there anymore and it's not the future yeah I mean there was someone had a screen grab of like you you would have seen it I'm sure that the uh, was the last day of the season and like it was just a a screen grab of their phone and you know the Arsenal team news had was like the first alert but then another alert was theirs Mesut Ozil is live on Twitch. <laughs> You're like, but, but that, that to me is like, okay, something, something strange is going on here. Mm. Like he doesn't have, he should have the awareness not to do that. He's it does, He's gone past caring about that kind of stuff now. Yeah, somebody said that it wasn't him, that it was one of his Fortnite team, but even so... You know, just, in the hour just go before, incognito. <laughs> like, come on, this this is the you know you got to try and make some 
sort of concessions here to trying to give the right put across the right impression yeah I don't care if you're sitting there playing Fortnite because you're not involved in the game like it doesn't actually matter but don't play try not to advertise to the world like the but it, the, the fact that he's not prepared to even sort of do those sorts of things yeah suggests to me like there's something unusual here like it's it's not like the normal I don't know what what is going on with him but it doesn't it doesn't look to me like he's going to really ever recapture this Fire. I mean, Mesut has been a, has been a great player. Yeah, you know he's won a lot of stuff. He's played for. He's played in great teams. Um, he hasn't. Well, he's won a few things with Arsenal as well. To be fair, but you know, I don't know. You can't have a player earning that much money and contributing that little. It's it ruins the it ruins the club because. The good players are like, well, why is he getting paid more than me? I should be paid more than him. I'm obviously doing way more. And all of the players are taking the... Like, this guy is... is if he's, he's basically, because of the money, the top player in the hierarchy of the dressing room. And he's not a good example. And what's this... You can't, you can't work with that. You know no. what I mean? And, and it's clear that, like, Emery has had this weird relationship with him where at first it looked as though he was going to take a real hard line and be like... You know, you're, I'm not having this. You're out. And then he kind of softened and started using him and fiddling around the formation to find a way to play him. And it looks as though maybe this might work. Yeah. He scored that amazing goal was it against Leicester. Yeah, well, he played really well. A great performance against Leicester. I can't remember who the goals were against at this point. Um, but like, you know, that's it's not enough really. Um, no. And and now I think okay, they 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 have to make a decision. But it's going to be really expensive. It's a bit like Bale, you know, at Real Madrid. It's yeah. like want to get rid of, and they're like, okay, we'll pay me then. You know, you're the ones that you're the ones who agreed to pay me seventeen or eighteen million euros a year. Give me my money, and you won't have to see mm. me anymore. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will try and move him on. I think they're just going to take a big financial hit, mm. and that will be that. Um, yeah. And so then how they redistribute? It's the, it's the best thing to do, I think, at this point, because it's just it, it, you have to take into account the effect that that has on all the other players and on the team. And you know, it would just be better to make a clean break, and uh, hopefully not make a, another mistake quite as catastrophic as that in the next couple of years yeah well we'll see who they get to bring in this summer um, you know there's a, a new technical director coming in uh, they got rid of their head of recruitment which is not ideal going into a well, transfer he, window did he not leave because his nose was out joint sort of but he was yeah the, the story was he was promised the role of technical director mm. um, by Ivan Gazidis of course Ivan Gazidis fucked off to Milan. to Milan as quickly as he could, which uh, to me doesn't really um, augur well uh, for, mm. for what's coming. But hey, um, not that I'm a fan of Ivan Gazidis, I'm quite happy never to have to listen to him ever again. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not it's not as um, healthy or as efficient behind the scenes as you would like going into a big summer because I think Arsenal really do need a big summer don't they in terms of how squad gonna, rebuilding how are they going to do it I don't know if they, don't, if they don't win that Europa League final yeah, then what, what's the budget what, is somewhere in the region of 40 million pounds so what can, what can you get with that like yeah, you couldn't you I, couldn't I buy you, could you buy Aaron Juan Rosaka for no. 40 million probably not no you know, I'm not suggesting he would be the the uh, you know he's the missing. Well, you, can, you couldn't get Wilfred Zaha probably oh, for forty million. No, well, no way. I mean, no way could you get Zaha. You know, so I mean, this, is, this is nuts. Like, it's actually insane how much. How, you know, say an example would be Sane. You know, how much did Sane cost Man City? Like thirty million or something like that. Mm. That's only a couple of years ago. Now they're talking about. You know, Pep is like, oh, I'm not sure. I think Sane maybe not 
you know, he may be only 99% of, of uh, the player I, I hoped he was. You know, for he, you know, a guy who'd walk into almost every other team in the world, but I'm kind of like not sure about his attitude. And, <laughs> and if Bayern wants to sign him, then okay, you know, I, I can live with that. But he'll cost like 100 million euros. It's like, how does that make any form of sense? Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a really good player. He's brilliant. One of the best in the world in his position. But like, th- just to go from 30 to 100, like in that space of time, is just nonsense. Like, this is nonsense. It's PSG who have done this. And with and the city the, in a previous era. P, well, PSG with the, with the Neymar. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's just, it, it just, everyone's fees have sort of doubled. You know, it's like, yeah. but hey, who can, who can really afford to take risks of that size now? You know, you'd want to be like on, on Sane. Who, who could pay 100 million for Sane? But apparently that's, they won't let him move for less. So, okay, I guess he'll probably still be at Man City yeah, next season. Probably. I mean, that's the weird thing is that a lot of people say Arsenal should buy maybe some young and upcoming talent in the Premier League, but that's expensive. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah, English, they're really expensive, well, yeah, particularly if they're English, yeah. you know, because they have this, this English premium and this Premier League premium that comes with it. So, it is going to be, uh, it's going to be a hell of a summer. Have you got any, uh, Plans for the summer? Any downtime? You're just taking some time off football. There isn't a great deal going on, is there? There's the Nations League, of course, which I, you know, I don't want to downplay the, the importance League, of yeah, that. I almost forgotten about the Nations League. Well, I'm glad to have reminded you. Uh, you wouldn't want to miss it. Yeah. Uh, who's England, Holland, Portugal, and Switzerland? No idea. I genuinely have no idea. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I hope England. Uh, the Champions League final, I suppose, is next week. Yes. Uh, should be interesting. There's some some alliances there. Uh, Man City plus Man United plus Tottenham against Liverpool and Arsenal. That's what we're. That's what the. That's it. Where, where do Chelsea fit in? Probably on the. No, Chelsea are sitting this one out, aren't they? Chelsea can't figure out who they hate more. Probably they hate Spurs a little bit more. Probably they'd rather Liverpool won because. Yeah, I think I think it so, would be yeah. like well they've won it before, whereas Tottenham, you know, we'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. So Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool versus Man City, Man United, and Tottenham. Mm. That's the uh, that's the the all English Champions League. I'm just yeah, I'm you know it's sort of a tr- tradition where you know I meet my brother who's a Liverpool fan and we go watch the Champions League final with a few of the lads. Yeah, I'm sort of I don't know if I want to watch it this year oh, because yeah. the potential outcome. There's a big chance. There, yeah. there is a big, big chance. <laughs> there is club. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm banking on the law of averages. This is on Liverpool's side, and Jurgen Klopp said he has to win a fucking final at <laughs> some can, point. Who he? loses three Champions League finals? <laughs> no. who, who loses three? Uh, has, I don't know if anyone's done it before. Has anyone lost three? I don't there must know. have maybe some Juventus manager. They've lost as many, many maybe. Finals, more finals than anyone else. But like this, this weird. Like a holiday that they've had before the game, I think really plays it into Tottenham's hands. Can Liverpool sign Gareth Bale before the game? <laughs> <laughs> He's cup tied, I think. Shit. Um, but like Tottenham, Tottenham were obviously completely falling apart. Like you've never seen a team so exhausted and so close to collapse have just been given this huge this time to recharge and get back to some kind of baseline state whereas Liverpool who were in great rhythm you know winning a bunch of matches in a row had this brilliant win against Barcelona uh, have had loads of time for that to completely dissipate you know for the rhythm to desert them yeah I mean do you you think do you think losing the Premier League will 
redouble their efforts in, in terms of the Champions League or does that even come into it because when you're you're in a Champions League final you just want to win a Champions League final well there's different ways to, to look at it like you know on, on one level I'm, I'd, I'd say Liverpool probably feel like they deserve to win because look at the season we've put up yeah. we deserve it we deserve it you know this kind of this you know and some sportsmen have this type of psychology you know like the reason why Johnny Wilkinson would go out and like obsessively you know, kick uh, 1,500 balls over the bar yeah. and he wouldn't, and you know, if he made a mistake on number 753, he'd go back to zero and do it all again. It was because <laughs> when he was, when he was standing out there on the field at Twickers and he, you know, waiting to kick the ball over the bar, he wanted to feel like he deserved for that ball to go over the bar. He wanted to know like he put in the work, suffered, worn his joints, you know, down to, down to the bone. And, that 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 worked for him. This sense of I deserve it, therefore I'm going to win. But you can also have the other way of, of, of like, Jesus, lads, imagine we made a ball to this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, imagine, imagine we we managed to. Oh my oh, God, no. everyone would laugh at us forever. You know, you know the greatest team that never was. You know the <laughs> yeah. the, the the hero ninety seven point team that lost two Champions League finals in a row, like. It, it's almost unthinkable, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. No, from from Liverpool's point of view, whereas Tottenham, like, are in. I mean, the, just the run has been so sensational. Uh, the way they've done it, like, the, it it doesn't matter what's happened, they've found a way to come through it. That's like getting. Yeah. They they should have been knocked out. Like they were dead in the group stage. They were they were gone. Like you know, mm. you, you, you probably could have got ten to one of them getting out of the group, and they did. And then you know they they managed to to uh, knock out City like amazingly with like missing you know half their team. They knock out Ajax, missing Son and Kane. Like I don't think that they're they're going. This is a destiny. Like we have destiny is on our side. Oh. We marched. We march on towards glory. That's that's all we're looking at. This is a dark time for you. It really is. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure I have any more words to discuss. This. They haven't won it yet, but you know, I think there's a real, real good chance that both you and your brother are going to be pretty unhappy <laughs> uh, on the evening of Saturday week. All right. Well, um, I do hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. Yeah. Um, but thank you as ever uh, for coming in. It's always a great fun, entertaining chat. Ken, thanks a million. Hello, Audrey. Thanks for having me. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.